Well, Bob, it's time for another Sports Zone with Rudy and Bob. And last time uh, we thought we had it figured out, and yeah. I don't think we did. No. Um, it's been a while. You know, it's and, been and, a while. And, and honestly, you know, the Sports Zone with Rudy and Bob, I'd like to point out who's first on that list. So probably should take the most credit. <laughs> For probably the worst NCAA basketball bracket ever. Way, I think that that's blame is the word you're trying to use. <laughs> blame, yes, yes. And I will not do that because there were a number of teams that I had no intentions of picking, but I trusted Bob. <clears throat> oh, no, no, Florida. No, no. Oh, no, San Diego State. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we could go through. Georgetown. We could go through this over and over and over. Um, I failed. We all failed. We yes. both did. Yes. Because I, I had some other people that I thought were going to do well. Who saw Oregon coming out of nowhere like that? No, right. no, no. Who saw the Pac-12? Oh, yeah, you said the Pac-12 wasn't going to do anything. Yeah, I and know. And then they did. <laughs> yes. Who saw Oral Roberts coming from the depths of whatever conference they're in to knock off Ohio State, who was I, at the top? I know this one. Go ahead. Summit League. Summit League. Yes. <laughs> it's, the, it's the one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But <sighs> honestly, today. We couldn't even pick the champion right in a year where we we're supposed to be able to make it easy. Today. Today. That's in the past. It is in the past. And we need to move. You know what? <laughs> and thankfully, it is in the past. And we can act like we know something about something else. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, let's take a break and regather because we're worked up. Yeah, I yeah. can see the sweat coming off your brow, and I got itches in places where itches sometimes Should not happen. happen. Well, yeah. they sometimes happen. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, let's scratch our itches. Let's wipe our brows. We'll come back. You grab yourself a Coke, a pop, a whatever you need. Sit back, relax. We'll be back with more Sports Zone with Rudy and Bob with hopefully more prognostications or less, one of the two. Less. I think less, less is the answer. We'll back right after this. Jason? What? I don't know if you know this. I, Yeah, I probably do, but go ahead anyway. Springer's in the air. Oh, and thank God Okay, for now t- tomorrow, it's going to be like 45. It's not going to feel real spring-like. But, you know, still, it is spring. Well, I mean, you wait, know. spring, you know what else? Is what? love in the air? What? No, I don't. I, I know nothing about love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But but seriously, it's been kind of an exciting spring already yeah. around our little corner of the world here. It um, has. The sports are going again. Yes. We didn't have these last year. No. And, uh, you know, so we got golf, we got track and field, yeah. we got trap shooting, and we have something new. Would that be the, the ball kicking? The ball kicking soccer game. Yes. Um, and uh, so New Hampton this year – Actually, last year was supposed to be their debut season. Yep. Um, but this year is now. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and it really is because they had some open gyms. Mm-hmm. The first night that um, they were supposed to have practice last year, that was the first day the schools closed, <laughs> you know. And you, but, yep. But, uh, you know, it's been kind of exciting because, um, you know, one, I think it reaches kids who aren't playing other sports i agree you know and uh and so so what new hampton has and it's and people think wow that's that's different but a lot of soccer programs start with co-ed teams right and then they grow enough 
where the youth programs kind of feed into them, then you have a boys and a girls team. Right. So um, New Hampton, well, you were there with me. I was there with you. Yeah. I even and, took and, pictures and, of and, you. I mean, what I liked was that we were – you know, kind of like that was a bad call. We don't really know what to call. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can ignorantly, we can claim ignorance because we really don't know. No, yes. So, <laughs> what is that guy doing? Jeez, uh, that's exactly the right call. We don't know any better. <laughs> April first April was the opener. Yep. Over Charles. No joke. Yeah, no joke. No. <laughs> um, actually. Pretty decent game for a while. It was two to one and a half, and, yep. and New Hampton ended up falling uh, six to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, uh, home opener, and that didn't go very well. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah. I, I don't know a lot about soccer. I do know that nine nil is not the score you want to have. No, not no. when you're the nil. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, and but, nil, nil stands for z- zero. Zero. Okay. So, um, just but, sorry. So. Saturday, they go back, they go over the Postville to play right. in a tournament. See, I didn't know there were soccer tournaments, yeah. that, that in high school at least. <laughs> Look, I watch those kids run around for one game. Yeah, I don't and understand. you're going to make them play two or three yeah. in a day? That's, I, that I seems kind of excessive. I don't, yeah. <laughs> you know. That's like running like two 5Ks, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, not that least. I would know what a f- <laughs> well, you know, I did run a 5K once, but we're not going to talk about that. Especially if you're a midfielder. Yes. Uh, forward, you're making long runs. All the time. Yes. And not like, oh, let's go jog up the field. You're like sprinting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And trying to control this ball, it seems kind of easy to do, but it really isn't. Well, to be fair, it's easier to kick and control than an oblong spheroid football. Yes, yes. Which is what the official name of a American football well, is. Oblong yes. spheroid, by the way. So... Anyway, they, they they open with Postville. I'm sure Postville drew up the 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 brackets. Mm-hmm. Hey, we'll play New Hampton first. <laughs> One to nothing and a half, four to nothing. Postville win, but played much much better. Oh yeah, and uh, then they play Belmont Clemmy, mm-hmm. uh, another first year program. But not quite like a first-year program like New Hampton has because okay. a lot of their kids were in a shared program two years ago. Okay. Uh, six to three, New Hampton. Win. So we've had the first soccer game in school history. The first goal. Yeah, the first goal, Carter Broughton. Yep, Carter Broughton. And um, freshman. Freshman. Um, the first home game. Yes. We'll just say the first home game, yep. which was very cool, by the way. Absolutely. Um, and now the first victory. Yes. And um, it tends to be what happens in the first year, usually. Yes. Uh, although I've been around enough to know that first year programs are Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, you know. <laughs> but they scored points. <laughs> yes. Just not enough. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's, a, it's a unique thing in, in that New Hampton's actually sharing with um, Turkey Valley. Mm-hmm. So there's some Turkey Valley kids in the, yeah, in the there program. Are. Um, so. Saturday, uh, Trey Sawyer had two goals. He is, I believe, a sophomore. Nope, he's no, a he's freshman. A freshman. Uh, Diego Nunez, who is a senior. No, you're right. Nope, Trace, Trace is a sophomore. Somewhere. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Trace. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Corey. Corey yeah. and Amy. Amy. <laughs> Amy. So. I, uh, see, I have to remember by, by Washington. I, I mean, we're acting like they want to get rid of him. Like, no, 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 it's not that. I remember by years that kids went to Washington. Right, right. And it's the last trip. That's the last trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So then the other, uh, so Diego Nunez had a couple of goals. He's a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember, and Carter Burton had another one. Mm-hmm. And um, Danny, uh, and I, I, I hope I'm not butchering this name, Tina Jero. Is that how you say it? Uh, <laughs> Great kid. It's Tina Hart. Tina Harrow, Tina Harrow. I asked. I asked about he, it. It's, he, yeah, he's from Turkey Valley. Yeah. Yep. And this kid smiles all the time. <laughs> you know, um, one of my favorite stories from the fall was he scored a touchdown in Turkey Valley's last game. Mm-hmm. Pretty good linebacker, and uh, just the 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 look on his face from the pictures that that I saw were just priceless. That's awesome. So. Um, I, I think it's great. You know, I, I, I do need to learn the rules. Um, we still got to figure out what offsides is. You know, I, you know, Sh- Shannon Mace, the head coach, yeah. she has now won her first game. Yeah. And so we've gotten all that through. So I almost wonder if we shouldn't bring her in soon. Right. And she can teach it. That's what we need to do. Yeah, although I, she I, can I, teach us the rules. I have to be honest. Her assistant is Jeff Monteith. You know, you and I both. I didn't say to bring Jeff in, did no, I? No, no, no. But, Jeff harasses me when I'm on the but air. But when I asked... Yesterday, I met the bus uh, on uh, Saturday. Yeah. I met the bus when they got back. Um, okay, explain offsides to me. Oh, you it, did ask. Yes. Now, unfortunately, I did this when Jeff was in earshot. Well, and, Jeff's also an official, like a, yes, a registered official. Yes. So you know what Jeff says? Shannon, talk very slow and oh. use pictures. And it is weird because in hockey, offsides is a line. Yeah, right. A, a real line, yeah, a blue a, line. The blue line. Right. Can't be past that unless the puck's there, right? Right. Yeah. Um, in soccer, it's an imaginary line that moves with the defense. And yeah. I, I still don't get it. And I think it's, you can't be beyond the last defender the, without the ball. Right. So or something like that. Right. It, it's really goofy. Right. In my mind. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm really excited for it. I, I got to be honest for you. I'm very excited for the, especially the seniors. Oh, me too. Um, because these kids played soccer their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously lost last year. But yeah. But, but soccer's done after ninth grade in the youth levels. Right. Not and, anymore, though. No. And so um, if you have a chance, they're home against um, Central Al-Qaeda on Friday, mm-hmm. 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um it's a pretty festive atmosphere. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Concession stand was open. That's always a plus for me, as you know. <laughs> um, we all like a good concession stand. So, so I, I think that's, you know, we'll definitely touch on uh, the other sports later in the spring. But it, it is cool that, um, that we've taken that plunge. And uh, exactly. I, I can't wait to see where it takes us. Exactly, exactly. Bob, let's take a quick break here. Uh, and when we come back, uh, we've got uh, – who do we have? Isn't that – I think it's that uh, Grave Digger guy that you've been uh, telling yeah. me about. Monster Jam, that's right. Tyler Meninga is going to yes. join us. Bob, you're in for a treat. Tyler, uh, he's awesome. I'm really excited. You know, I, I've never seen a Monster Jam thing live. I mean, I've watched it on TV. They're going to be in Des Moines on Friday. You can come down with us. The tickets are on sale. Monsterjam.com. Uh, I have a job. Uh, yeah, so do I, but I'm going to the show. We're going on Saturday, actually. Okay. All right, we'll do that. L- L- let's, yeah, I, I can't wait to talk to him. And then we'll talk hockey with, with uh, Tim, Tim Hardwood. So, yeah. back after this on the Sports Zone. 
Well, Bob, I don't know where Bob is. Bob is supposed to be back, and of course, he's not back as typical. So I'll tell you what, I got uh, somebody else along with me who's going to help me as a co-host. Uh, Landon, how do you feel about doing that? I feel pretty excited. Well, that's because we've got somebody that uh, is going to be pretty exciting for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Our next guest is the driver of the famed Gravedigger Monster Truck. He is the only driver to ever win four Triple Threat Series championships, and he won them consecutively. Uh, he won the award for the 2018 Arena Freestyle of the Year, and he's also a fellow Iowan hailing from Oskaloosa. Oskaloosa, excuse me. Welcome to the Sports Zone, Tyler Menninga. How you guys doing, man? I'm. Uh, thanks for having me uh, here. I mean, I'm. I'm ecstatic about this. Uh, this event coming up in Des Moines, and yeah, I mean, it's been. It's been a little over a year since I've drove, so uh, just because the the pandemic going on, so. I am just super stoked to get back behind the wheel. I was going to say, it's it, it's got to be, that was my, literally my first question is just how excited it was to not only get back behind the wheel, but then to be able to do this in your home state. Is this the first time you've been in Iowa? No, I've actually done Cedar Rapids and Council Bluffs before. And uh, so I've done those. And then last year I was actually supposed to do uh, Des Moines. So and, uh, the pandemic, unfortunately, didn't let that happen, but uh yeah, sure. Well, to God, I mean, here we are this year doing it. So, yeah, exactly. And we can't be uh, any more excited for that. And uh, you know, as we talk about this Des Moines lineup, holy cow, what a lineup you guys are bringing with you! Cole Venard, who's been in a tear lately, and of course Adam Anderson uh, coming to the Hawkeye State. Uh, both are guys that you've worked with as part of uh, Team Gravedigger. How much fun is it going to be have to have those guys in Des Moines? Oh, it, it's it's going to be awesome. You know, I, I'm doing a show the weekend before that with a couple other drivers, and I, I, when I seen the Des Moines lineup, I was like, man, that's going to be awesome. I think me and Cole have only done one other show besides World Finals, and then I've never done a show with Adam that wasn't a World Finals. So that'll be, you know, you go to World Finals, it's there's a lot of pressure there. There's, you know, you don't really get to see everybody that you'd want to and hang out and, you know, get a talk with everybody because, you know, it's such a chaotic schedule and everything, but... Des Moines is going to be, you know, just a good laid-back event. We're going to have a lot of fun, and uh, it'd be really good to see those guys again, and not only that, but compete with them as well. Yeah, of course, that's coming up here in April, I believe the 16th through the 18th, four shows. And, uh, uh, you know, Adam Anderson uh, driving Megalodon, but uh, he's another guy that has been in the same truck as you've been in, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Dennis Anderson's oldest son. He uh, he started out, I, he drove Taz for I don't know how long it was, but I remember being a little kid and my grandpa taking me to the Monster Jam in Des Moines every year. And uh, the first year, I think, that Wells Fargo was built, I think Adam drove Taz in Des Moines. So it'd be, that's even, you know, just the cherry on top for me getting to do a, do a show with him. So, oh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. So, he, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a grave digger driver now, but... Uh, they're just trying to fill, you know, each each truck's got, you know, a certain demand on popularity, and uh, Megalodon's one of those, you know, big popular demand trucks, so they have, they wanted a really good driver behind uh, the wheel of it right now, so they, you know, they had to go with Adam. I mean, he's an awesome driver, awesome guy, and He's going to definitely put on a show for everybody. Oh, no doubt about that. And, you know, we've we've seen him in Minneapolis a couple of times, my son and I, and uh, he does a, a great job in the stadiums. But here's what I'm curious, and, 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 and truly, particularly on the freestyle, he's, he's obviously used to the stadiums. You've been uh, kind of king of the arenas lately. I'm curious to see that matchup between you and him in an arena in your turf at this point. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. I... I, I... I still think he's going to whoop me just because he's got, I mean, 
so many more years of experience than I do behind the wheel of a Monster Jam truck. So you never know, though. I mean, I, I got, I'm really comfortable in arenas, uh, but it's just hard to tell because, I, like I said, I haven't been behind the wheel for a year. So I don't know if I'm going to be rusty. I don't know if I'm going to just jump right back into the same groove that I left off in last March. Or, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be tough to, tough to uh, tell without it. You know, we always have to wait for the event to happen. Ah, that's true. Now, one one more thing about Adam, and I'm only going to ask this because uh, he's got a podcast my son and I like to listen to. Uh, he's world famous for his nacho loving. He's going to be in Iowa. Where are you going to take him to get the best Iowa nachos? You know, I don't even know because I, I like nachos, but I'm not, like, the biggest nacho guy. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I, – I mean, I, I enjoy nachos, but, yeah, I mean, him and Bryce, they, they like, go crazy over I'm like, I'd rather eat like some wings or, you know, some barbecue or something like that, you know. Well, there you go. Take him to a barbecue place. You get barbecue nachos. There you go. Yeah. There, there you go. All right. You know, and, and I kind of looking at, at your journey through Monster Jam, I'm kind of curious how a kid from Oskaloosa, Iowa, ends up in Currituck, North Carolina, driving the most famous of the monster trucks. Yeah, so... Uh, my dad was a part of an off-road club and it has been for years. I'm, I mean, I, I believe I was maybe two when he joined this off-road club. It's down in, uh, right by La Villa, Iowa. It's called Make It or Break It. And I, I just started going out there with him when I was probably three or four years old. And Monster Jam actually was uh, contacting that off-road club probably since like 99 wow. to 2000, somewhere in there, to come do club help and, you know, set up the banners, sweep the floors and you know, just do all the stuff, you know, to tidy the arena up. That way it looks good and, you know, mm -hmm. get everything ready for when the fans walk in and everything like that. So mm -hmm. my dad's been doing that for, whew, I mean, years. So he uh, eventually I just started going along with him, and I had an off-road truck that I used to race at events around right here in Iowa. And just kind of one thing led to another. We were we actually used to go up to Minneapolis about every year, too, to watch, mm -hmm. just because that was the closest stadium show to go watch. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was the same year I started helping with the club help in like Des Moines. And then they had a show in Knoxville, Iowa at the racetrack there. And uh, kind of got in like connection to go help out with club help there in uh, Minneapolis. Oh, and wow. uh, I, I didn't really, I mean, I didn't meet Adam or Ryan or Dennis or anybody that weekend. Actually, like, I don't know. I think I may have like found Adam's private Facebook and sent him a friend request like, <laughs> I don't like months before, and then like one day I, uh, I just like got on my Facebook. I had like a fan page for my uh, my off road race. Okay, and I get on it one day, and I'm like, man, I have like a like way more followers than I did like yesterday. Like <laughs> it's like there's like two thousand more followers on my Facebook, and I'm like, what the heck? So I didn't think anything of it, and I I like go on to my you know Facebook, and I was like, oh crap, Adam like shared my off-road page on his on his uh his gravedigger uh facebook page so i was like you gotta be kidding me this is awesome so he we just started talking like he was in the i think that was like a i don't remember what time of the year that was it, it might have been like the fall of a year and uh i would just question him on stuff like i'd see some videos from a show and i'd ask him you know certain questions about what he was doing and like why the truck was reacting certain ways and all that and I just kind of started talking, and one day I seen that he had posted a, like, because Adam runs a, uh, like, a ride truck out at Digger's Dungeon as well. Mm -hmm. so he's got two r trucks you can ride in. I mean, they're they're pretty close to being a real truck. they got the rear steer, the big tires, 
they don't have the big motor, but that's really, I mean, that's the only thing it doesn't have. Other than that, it's a, a full-blown monster truck. So mm-hmm. uh, he posted an ad wanting to know if anybody knew anyone that would help, you know, drive the ride trucks for the summer. <laughs> so I just, you know, I was like, oh, there's no way. But, I mean, why not just try and see if it'll work or not? Mm-hmm. So I was like, shot him a message, and uh, like I think 45 minutes later, my dad was on the phone with him. I was 16 years old. And uh, my dad had plans to drive me out to North Carolina the next week. So it was between Adam and, you know, my dad doing the shows. And Adam really, really boosted my way into getting in the driver's seat. That's for sure. I mean, without him, there's no possible way that I'd be driving a truck. So. Oh, that's, that's, that's an amazing story. I mean, like I, I kind of heard something about the ride truck, but like the whole, that's, that's just amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, and, and of course the, the little guy here with me, we're looking at going out to Currituck sometime and getting on that ride truck. So now we'll have the inside scoop on, on where the drivers come from. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, Morgan, Morgan Kane actually did the same thing. Really? He, he grew Yeah. Him and, uh, him and Ryan Anderson went to school together. I think they were the same age. They're best friends growing up. I mean, they got pictures of them, too, in diapers and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Morgan was – I think he was just out of college maybe and working for working for Adam on the ride truck maybe as like a summer job or something. And Steve Sims that owns the Stone Crusher team mm-hmm. uh, just needed a driver. And, like, Morgan's just a great guy to have around. You know, he's a heck of a mechanic, you know, as well. So he, I think uh, Adam and Ryan were like – Hey, we got this buddy Morgan that would probably drive for you, and so yeah, he started driving for Stone Crusher, and then next thing you know, Monster Jam picked him up, and now he's driving a Grave Digger as well. So, oh, that is yeah, absolutely outstanding. Uh, did you go to Monster Jam University? Yeah, yep. It was kind of uh, it was kind of the the time of before it was the university. I mean, it still was, but they didn't they didn't really advertise it a whole lot. It wasn't like a known thing that. Right. Uh, people were out there, like, I, I should say, applying for jobs, because that's pretty much what it is. I mean, they, they, they take you out there the first time, and it's uh, Tom. It's between Tom and John Zimmer. It's it's either one of those. So mm. one one week, Tom might instruct people how to drive, and then the next week, John Zimmer might. So mm, sure. The, uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of like a like a job application. Like you you submit your application or whatever, and then if if they think they want to hire you, or maybe you know, see if you're interested. They fly you out to Paxton and put you in a truck and just make you kind of do the basic skills. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember that well too. It was, I kind of, I was trying, like, I didn't know if I was going, I had submitted my application and the one, um, representative from monster jam had, I'd actually met him at a show out in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I got your application. And we were, he didn't really give me like a yes or no answer, like a you know, are we gonna <laughs> are we gonna try this guy out or not? But yeah, so he ended up calling me like two months later, and I or, yeah, because I wasn't even eighteen yet when I met him, so they had to wait till I was eighteen sure. for me to go out there. But yeah, the first time you go out, it's just kind of the basics and you know whatnot. And I think that was the exact time that the the Monster Jam in Knoxville was going on. So I remember I was I was working that day and I was going to go ahead to the track to see all the guys after work and that's when the the representative from Monster Jam called me he's like hey you want to come back and I was like well I was just there I was just there two weeks ago because <laughs> like sometimes you never get a call back you know like if you go out and try out and they they don't feel like it's a good fit they 
they just won't call you back, I guess. So sure. I, I was just kind of like, well, this could be the end of the end of my uh, path here. Sure. My first time in the Paxton, but yeah, you go the second time and it's a little more intermediate, I guess, on the second time. It's kind of doing some wheelies and mm. little freestyle practice on the arena track and stuff like that. And then uh, they have a thing called the workshop, which is pretty much most of the videos you, you've ever seen at Monster Jam University are from the workshop. Okay. It's uh, six days of shows. So you do two shows, oh, wow. triple threat shows. Sure. They do uh, six six days of them, two shows a day usually, and they run them just like real shows. I mean, oh, you're wow. obviously not going out and destroying the truck on purpose, but yeah. <laughs> usually people that do the workshop don't know what they're doing because it's, you know, probably the third time that they've ever drove a truck anyway. So Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, yep. Well, that that's awesome. And then sometime in the future, I'll tell you the story of how we kind of crashed the party out at, at in Paxton. Um, long story, fun story. All I'm going to say is Tom and Big Hoss are two of the most amazing guys I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. And it's Tom's awesome. When you go to Paxton, he. I remember it, if it, if it's not a workshop because there's too many people to fit in his big blazer. But if it's if it's just a couple of you people, a couple of the drivers out there. He'll take you out to, in his blazer and run you to the, the hamburger joint right there in town, and you'll have lunch with you every day or whatever. And yeah, he's, he's awesome. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. All right, um, let's talk a little bit of World Finals here. Of course, this year's World Finals event, uh, not what it has been in the past. Um, there, and it, I don't, Would you even call it a true World Finals? I, well, I don't know. Are you I, it, talking about the 2020? or? Oh, no, I was thinking, well, no. No, you're right. They haven't done that yet. It's coming up. Never mind. Yeah, we haven't even. Yeah, we haven't even done that. <laughs> I'm they, sorry. Uh, yeah, they didn't even have it. You're right. I, 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 I forgot what month I'm in. But what I really want to go back to is Las Vegas and Lee O'Donnell when he did that first front front flip. I'm curious to know what your reaction was to that because, I, I, as I understand, you you saw that. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, I wish that like I know that there was cameras on all the drivers standing up there, and I wish that we could like. I wish they would put that out. Really? Like, oh yeah, because we uh, we freaked out. <laughs> it, it happened so fast and it was so violent. Like if it like like we didn't know like we didn't know what we, he was going for. Like Charlie Pocken always used to do the wheelies like that, mm-hmm. where he like, is in, in a wheelie and then hits a jump. Mm. But his angle was like not the way it should have been for doing that move. Sure. We, like, but we weren't all we didn't have time to talk and say that. We you know he pulled a wheelie and we. <laughs> I just remember thinking in my mind, I was like, wow, he's not slowing down. <laughs> and then it just flips, and I'm like, whoa, he's really – like, it just happened so quick, though. Like, mm-hmm. probably the fastest thing I've ever seen happen, like, in Monster Jam, like, while live watching it. It's like, you're like, what just happened? Oh, yeah. Actually landed a front flip. Like, what? <laughs> and I bet yeah, you – it was, it was crazy. Well, I can only imagine the reaction after, you know, just – yeah, just the, the shock and awe of it, so to speak. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My co-host here, Landon, you have a question you said you wanted to ask. Now is the time for you. Okay, buddy? Uh, in Monster Jam, who's your biggest rivalry? My biggest rivalry? Hmm. Ah, I would have to say, man, I don't know. You gotta I pre- mean, I would have to say Colt Michaelberger, but... We're too good of friends to have a rivalry, though. <laughs> I mean, I hate him when we're out on the track, and I definitely don't want him to win. But, <laughs> like, as soon as we get done, like, 
we go to dinner and <laughs> hang go. out. So I don't know, like, but everybody's pretty cool. But I mean, if I had to pick one that I really don't want to win, that would probably be it. It's Colton. There you go. And if I don't win, then if we're competing in an event, then I want him to win, obviously. But sure. Yeah, he's and it, and it really is just because he's a he's a good competitor. I mean, I like to see other drivers do good too, and I like being on tour or doing events with guys like that because if you're at an event with a bunch of people that you know may not be at your driving level then it doesn't really push you to go the extra mile and like do that crazy stuff that will evolve the sport over and over again so yeah he's definitely one that i enjoy driving with for sure outstanding would that suffice your your answer or your uh question jared or landon yeah, that is. Excellent. Tyler Meninga joining us here, uh, talking Monster Jam. They're going to be in Des Moines uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Show Two shows Saturday, and I think maybe two shows Sunday. Maybe not. Either way, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, April 16th, 17th, and 18th at the well. And Tyler's going to be there. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no, man. Thanks, thanks for having me. I am, like I said, I am stoked for, uh, for Des Moines. I have, I mean, it's been... I, just out a year i think a week ago since i uh, last drove and uh I'm, re- I'm ready to get back in that truck for sure and we are ready to have you on board we'll be back with more on the sports zone right after this back on the sports zone we are and i don't know where bob walked off to this time again i don't know if it's senility or if emergency bathroom trip or what i don't know but anyway he's going to miss out on a great segment because we're talking hockey today and of course he being the the uh the token minnesotan uh and and hockey fan uh usually we want him here but whatever bob you're missing out uh you'll have to listen to it later we've got tim harwood from the waterloo blackhawks joining joining us here uh to talk about the waterloo blackhawks and uh i'm excited because i've caught a lot of games this year tim how you been Doing good. How are you, Jason? You know, I'm doing really well. And like I said, uh, gosh, I've been down there about every other week lately <laughs> for, for games. And, uh, you know, I still maintain, we talked about this a couple of years ago when we talked about this stuff. It's still the best value in sports in Northeast Iowa. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. You know, it's something that has been around a long time. Next year, actually, will be the 60th consecutive season of hockey in Waterloo, going back to the original Blackhawks back in 1962 and so it's something that over time a lot of people have tried out you know given a chance maybe not sure what they were going to see but a lot of people have found something that they enjoy about the game and you know at this point after 60 years we've got uh, uh, parents who brought their kids who brought their kids and now probably on to at least a fourth generation of families that have been coming out to see Blackhawks hockey so it's really a neat thing that people don't necessarily associate with Iowa, but that's been an important part of the sports landscape in the Cedar Valley. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, I don't know hockey well. I've learned a lot by going to watch and whatnot um, and and do just a little bit of Internet research, but they still talk about slashing, and I still am not entirely sure what that is. But, you know, you don't have to know a lot to recognize great effort and uh, uh, exciting action on the ice. So, um, you know, you, you don't have to know hockey to be able to have fun at a Blackhawks game. Uh, it helps. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but well, And I've said I think that the game is, is as simple or as complicated as you want to make it as a fan. You know, if, if you want to keep it at, you know, the puck goes across the goal line and, and your team has scored or the other team has scored uh, and don't want to get too much deeper than that, you know, 
you can still have a good time, like you said. Uh, there are a lot of different rules that are part of the game that really I don't think are, are tremendously challenging, but if you don't have somebody there who's uh, able to coach you along, it may take a little time to pick up, but uh, not not terribly long either. And the excitement, the speed of the game, I think will make it worthwhile even while you're learning some of those finer points. Yeah, no doubt. So let's start. I really want to talk about the USHL because I get family and friends that have heard that we're going to the, these games and who haven't necessarily been there, but they're, they're kind of curious. Guys that play for the, the Blackhawks, play in the USHL, what is kind of the destiny or the trajectory that most of those guys are on as far as future hockey? Well, let me rewind and, and try to make an analogy because there's not a real direct comparison to make between junior hockey, the United States Hockey League, and other sports. But if you were to take the best high school basketball players from all over the country or the best high school football players from all over the country and, and maybe also wrap in an extra year or two of eligibility beyond their junior and senior years of high school. And you were to take these players from all 50 states and put them together in one league, you'd have what we have in the USHL. And that's because players don't develop at the same speed in all places because of the level of instruction that's available or in some cases not available in some parts of the country. You know, in, in Minnesota, they've just... A uh, matter of weeks ago, wrapped up the Minnesota high school hockey tournament, and that's played at a really high level. High school hockey in Minnesota, no surprise, is really good. High school hockey in some other states, not as good. And and the players who are going to excel probably are going to be playing for a club team. In the Northeast, it's not so much the public high schools, but prep schools play hockey at a high level, and you also have club teams there. And so because there's not a lot of uniformity in the level of play or the, the type of environment that players are playing in, college scouts, NHL scouts really benefit from a league like the United States Hockey League mm -hmm. because they get to see everybody on a relatively even playing field and assess a player who, you know, maybe is scoring 100 goals in a 30 or 40 or 50 game season that is against inferior competition. Now you see that player and see what he can do against players that are as good or better than he is. And so that's what you have in the USHL for the Blackhawks and for the other teams that are in the league. It's, it's a level playing field to make those type of assessments and, and judgments for the people who are going to, going to perhaps give a player a chance for the four years that they're in college or, the career that they might have beyond that in professional hockey. So uh, Blackhawks players in a range from 16 to 20 years old, they all maintain their amateur status so they can go on and play college hockey. A lot of Blackhawks have found a lot of success at that level and more and more players also. And this is a trend for all college hockey for the entire USHL, not just for Waterloo, but an increasing number of players going that path instead of some of the other historic options that have been available to find their way into the National Hockey League. It's, it's a good value proposition for the NHL mm -hmm. to pick a guy who's going to be a, a Blackhawk or who, who has been a Blackhawk, who then is going to go on to college mm -hmm. and continue to develop, get bigger and stronger for three, four years. Mm -hmm. And rather than 
paying him to play in the American Hockey League or at a minor league level while he's developing, the NHL gets to watch and uh, gets to make some further assessments about that player over three or four years with with no risk involved. So it's really becoming a, a popular way for players to get to the NHL. And, and a lot of guys have, have been doing that in now the Blackhawks this season. Uh, the number's about a dozen former players actively in the NHL this year that wow. have played at least one game. Wow. That's, it just goes to show the level of hockey that's being played when you, you know, when you come on out, uh, when you come on into young arena, you're going to see some pretty high level hockey. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the um, the Blackhawks have had at least one player drafted that either was on the team or that was coming into the organization uh, every year going back to, I, I believe, 2006. Holy cow. Uh, so it, it's, it's good hockey, and it's players that have a lot to play for because, you know, everybody who comes into Waterloo knows that, there's that potential to play in front of NHL scouts and make an impression. And if you have, uh, it's not even necessarily having a good season. Sometimes it's having the right night mm-hmm. playing a big game with the right set of eyes on you that can make all the difference. Oh, without a doubt. Let's talk about this year's Hawks. I know the record is not necessarily where they want it to be, uh, but there has been some very exciting games, some very high level performances, as you were just talking about uh, my, my, Kids and I were lucky enough to catch a couple of those, including a, a game against the Chicago Steel here not too long ago where I know they trailed by three going into the third period, uh, or in the third period, I should say, and came back to win the darn thing in overtime. Um, you know, who's, who's been real good this season? Well, you know, that game against Chicago uh, really stands out the Steel talking i know you want to talk about blackhawks who have been good this season but chicago has been the best team in the ushl in terms Mm -hmm. of the standings they have the league's top i believe four scorers i believe it too (laughs) a ton of prospects for the nhl draft some guys that have already been drafted and uh so that was a terrific performance for the blackhawks that night to, to come from behind in that in that effort you know you look at the blackhawks this season and uh, when it comes to players who've produced uh max sasson is right near the top of the list he came to the blackhawks uh, through uh, the misfortune of the cedar rapids rough riders he was supposed to be a third year veteran forward for cedar rapids this year but uh, they could not take the ice because of the damage to their building cedar rapids ice arena because of the derecho last august so all of their players were farmed out to other USHL teams in a dispersal draft. And uh, Max didn't have to go far, ended up uh, just coming up the corridor to Waterloo and uh, now has been the team's leading scorer this season. At one point, he had a 12-game point streak that uh, just just ended uh, not that long ago and, um, you know, has has given the Hawks some, some experience. He's actually near the top of the league in shorthanded goals, uh, a pretty remarkable stat, uh, and will go on to college next year. He knows that as a 20-year-old that he'll be uh, playing his final junior hockey games in the in the days and weeks ahead, and um, we're hoping for good things for Max as he goes on to Western Michigan. You know, some of the other Blackhawks who have played well this season – Wyatt Shingothi's had uh, not quite the year I think he hoped for as a third-year guy in his own right. Uh, he's 
dealt with some some injuries, been off the ice a little bit. But uh, his year began when he was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs back in October. And uh, so some excitement there for him. And uh, boy, when I think about some of the other guys, uh, Owen Ozar is a really talented player who came to the Blackhawks this season after playing junior hockey in Canada uh, for the uh, prior couple of years of his career. And uh, I think has done well for the Hawks as a player who you, you look at and he doesn't have some of the, the size that some, some skaters do, but a uh, very capable, very good playmaker, uh, creating a lot of opportunities for his teammates and a guy who plays in all aspects of the game. He's a even strength player, obviously, but also used on both the power play and the penalty kill for Waterloo. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, names. <laughs> it, it's fun because like, like I said, I didn't know a ton about hockey coming into this, but those are names I, I recognize all of them, and uh, partially because they get set a lot at the games for for good reason, uh, as as they make plays. You know, it, it's been amazing to watch uh, watch those guys, and I think Sasson scored. I think I don't think he was in the lineup the last couple of games I was at, um, but uh, I think he scored in the other ones. I know he was in the pregame when they they asked the kid who's going to score. He's he's a pretty good bet <laughs> to make. Um, you know, goalie play, I, I got to talk a little about Emmett Crotto just because he was so awesome to us. You know, that guy, if nothing else, he's going to put on a show when he's in the net. And, uh, you know, what, what? I think he just turned 17, I think, just, just recently um, out of Canada. Uh, what, you know, what does his prospects look like with the Blackhawks here? Of course, they've got three or four goaltenders on the, uh, the roster, but as, as, as Emmett comes through, uh, what are his prospects? Do you think, you know, Emmett was one of the youngest players on the team when the season began. You're right. He did come out of Canada, out of Bonneville, Alberta, but actually played last year in Ontario, California in midget hockey. And so, uh, the Blackhawks had a chance to, to get a look at him when he was there. And uh, certainly the youngest goaltender on the Blackhawks roster, so all signs would suggest that uh, he'll be back for a second season in Waterloo next year. He didn't play his first Blackhawks game until the first full week of January and came on in relief in a game that was not unlike that, that Chicago matchup that we talked about earlier. The Hawks were on the road. They were in Sioux Falls taking on the Stampede. They were down in that game. Uh, I think it was as much as four at one point. Uh, certainly it was a three-goal deficit at minimum back on January the 9th. And uh, Emmett came in and uh, worked through that despite the, the deficit and, and gave the Hawks a chance. And they, uh, they supported him by stacking up a big comeback in the, the late, late second and third periods and, and picked up a 6-4 win. So... Uh, he battled for them. They battled for him. And that's kind of how it's gone for Emmett this season in, in the games that he's played. You know, if you if you look at a goaltender, especially a young goaltender, top of the list of things that you want to see is that he gives your chance a team to win. And more often than not, Emmett's been able to do that for the Blackhawks, whether that's been uh, getting a starter or coming on in relief. And uh, it's it's an exciting time to watch him. There aren't very many goaltenders. Just to give you an illustration, players his age, uh, starting the year at 16, turning 17, maybe, as mm -hmm. the year goes on, there are, 
uh, something like five goaltenders in the USHL this season that would fit that category. And uh, they generally don't get a, a tremendous amount of playing time. The goaltending position, and this isn't strictly the USHL, you can talk about this at almost any level, the, the position tends to develop more slowly. You don't see a ton of NHL draft picks when it comes to goaltenders in the first round. Uh, you don't see it very many 19, 20, 21-year-old NHL goaltenders at all um, because uh, the general philosophy is that just learning the position, learning the intricacies of it, uh, gaining the maturity to play the position at any level, but certainly more so as you get higher on the pyramid, it, it takes time. And so to be where he is right now, he is, I would say, ahead of the curve for goaltending development. And next year, whatever his circumstances, I, I have to think that there are some NHL scouts that have seen him this year who are going to be tracking him closely because he's not eligible to be drafted in July this year. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to meet a certain age threshold. He won't be old enough because his birthday is in December. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he's eligible for the 2022 NHL draft. And uh, right now, I think he's done everything that he can do to make himself uh, a player on the radar of those those scouts and those decision makers. It, you know, and that that's on a personal level, that's awesome to hear because he was so good to my, my two kids. Um, and that's a story we'll get into another time. I've told it a, a couple different times to a, a number of different people, but that's one that me personally, I'm going to follow that kid's career. I, I cannot wait to see where that goes. But speaking of careers, and uh, we're running a little short on time here, but uh, I, I do have one thing I want to talk about with you because I think it's really, really neat. We were talking about how, how most of these young men are going to probably go on to play some college uh, hockey. And we've got some Blackhawks that are still playing or just got done playing in the Frozen Four. Hunter Lullig is a name that I know uh, pops up. Um, uh, St. Cloud State, maybe? Uh, Hunter is at uh, Minnesota Duluth. Duluth, there we go. I was close. I knew it was up there north of the city somewhere. It was one of those two. Um, who are some of the other Hawks that are, are, are that, that had the opportunity to play in the Frozen Four? Of course, the uh, the, the the college hockey tournament. Well, you know the uh, the Blackhawks and Minnesota Duluth have really had a remarkable relationship, and it just. To, to take it even a step back, uh, Minnesota Duluth in general has done some remarkable things these last several years. Over the last four years, if we throw out 2020 when there was no Frozen Four, mm -hmm. over the last four years where there has been a college hockey tournament and a Frozen Four, Minnesota Duluth has been in it every year, which is just remarkable. And it's been great for the Waterloo Blackhawks because Waterloo has sent a ton of players to UMD uh, players that come to mind include, you know, Mikey Anderson, who won a couple of national championships in that time, and now he's in his first full season with the LA Kings and 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 playing tremendously well there with the Kings. Uh, Dylan Samberg was a player who was in Waterloo relatively briefly, but then went on to UMD and uh, and had success as part of their national championship teams, and now he's in the Winnipeg Jets organization. Peter Krieger was here in Waterloo and, and won an Anderson Cup with the Blackhawks for the league's regular season championship back in 2013-14. Went to a different school initially and then transferred to Minnesota Duluth. And now he's in pro hockey as well. And it's, it's a really long list. But this season, the group included Nick Sweeney, a senior with uh, the Bulldogs, who 
been to the Frozen Four all four years that he's been in college. He's a Minnesota North, <laughs> showing my age, Minnesota Wild draft pick, and uh, Jackson Cates as well, and Hunter Lelick, who you mentioned, who is a terrific story from from our little corner of the hockey world because he originally started playing in Waterloo's youth hockey program, went off for a couple of years and played midget hockey in the Chicago area, uh, then came back and was a Blackhawk for a season. Uh, and uh, and then got the chance to go on to UMD. So uh, really, really terrific story with the Blackhawks and Minnesota Duluth over the seasons. And uh, Kyler Clevin, who's a Blackhawk, currently scheduled to go to UMD next year. Uh, looking at other players in the Frozen Four this year, Bobby Trevino is another one that stands out. Uh, when Minnesota Duluth won the title a couple of years ago, they played University of Massachusetts, and Bobby Trevino was on that UMass team, and, and he has helped get them back there in the 2020-21 season, along with Garrett Waite, who transferred from the University of Minnesota to the Minutemen's program and uh, has, has found uh, a lot of success there making that switch and, and now finding himself in the Frozen Four, uh, where the University of Minnesota just missed out. In a year where there are three teams from the state of Minnesota that made the Frozen Four, the Gophers aren't one of them. It's UMD and St. Cloud State and Minnesota State in in Mankato. Yeah, and and it just it goes to show the the high level hockey that we're seeing here in in Waterloo and and what that ter- translates into and and like you said, it, it we're seeing guys go to into the league. You know, we're seeing them in the National Hockey League and. And again, the Frozen Four has become one of the most exciting national tournaments, I think. Um, you know, obviously the basketball tournament uh, gets its its due, but uh, I, I think if you talk to people in the North who really watch that 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 uh, Frozen Four hockey tournament, they really, really enjoy it. Well, let me tell you, if for, for those that don't follow college hockey, uh, you know, I, I know that the the NCAA national semifinal game between UCLA and Gonzaga was a classic, and uh, we all enjoyed watching that one. I'm really fortunate, I, I feel like, to have gotten the chance to see the overtime in that one and to listen to the end of it as I was coming home from uh, the Blackhawks game that night. Uh, w- what a finish. But Minnesota Duluth, to get to the Frozen Four, had to win a five-overtime game and just, yeah, that's just right. wild. You know, they, they essentially played two and a half games to get to the this Frozen Four stage that that they made it to. So, uh, you know, if if you love excitement of college sports, uh, you know, and and you, you can't beat college hockey because at least when you get to the NCAA tournament, you have those situations that are like the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're going to play till there's a winner. Mm-hmm. And uh Nothing, nothing quite like it. Yeah, exactly. Now, I would be remiss if, for Bob's sake, who still isn't here, whatever, if I didn't mention Mankato, uh, Minnesota Mankato, Minnesota State Mankato. He is a uh, a Mavericks graduate, and uh, they made the Frozen Four this year. I don't think there's any Waterloo uh, Blackhawks with them, but I know there's some guys out of the USHL uh, that were with them. Um, so I, I had to, at the very least, mention the name. I don't really know where to go with that. but <laughs> well, I, 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 Let me help you, Jason. So we have a tie with Minnesota Mankato, uh, Minnesota State Mankato, I should say. Our, our trainer, longtime Blackhawks trainer, Todd Klein, 
who's been with the organization for nearly three decades now, is a Mankato graduate. And so, uh, you know, he he uh, has has followed the program for a long time uh, from from when he was going to school there. And uh, I know that he was excited to see the Mavericks get there because this is their first their first bite at the apple in the NCAA Frozen Four. Uh, and and then the head coach of the Mavericks is Mike Hastings, who for a long time was a USHL coach with the Omaha Lancers. Actually, when he left Omaha to go to the NCAA, he was the most successful coach by total regular season wins in USHL history and uh, held that until Blackhawks head coach P.K. O'Handley moved past him in 2014. So, uh, those are those are the ties I think we could make to the Mavericks. Oh, Bob will appreciate that. So there you go, Bob. We, we didn't forget about you. Tim Harwood <laughs> joining us here from the Waterloo Blackhawks. Thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. Thank you, Jason. And uh, we still have a couple games left on the home schedule, so we'll hope that uh, if, if folks haven't come out for a Blackhawks game, the atmosphere isn't quite what you would normally expect due to social distancing and, and the COVID precautions that we're taking at the arena. But uh, I do hope that whether it's the end of this season or into the uh, the season that will follow next fall, that uh, folks who haven't been out will come out and give hockey a chance and uh, cheer on the Hawks and uh, learn a little bit about the game, even if it's just uh, watching the puck go across the goal line. Exactly, and I can attest that, you know, yeah, sure, there's a little bit of a change, but it's still an intense game. It's still fun. It's still worth your time, and there's still a couple weekends to catch some Friday or Saturday night games down at the Young Arena. Thank you again, Tim. Much appreciated. Thanks, Jason. We'll be back right after this to wrap things up. Back we are to wrap things up, and oh, my gosh, Bob Fenske in the flesh. You're here. Where were you? Okay, so I stepped outside just for a moment. I know that, but we had two amazing interviews. This guy comes by. Okay. okay. Yeah. And he starts screaming. I can't believe you didn't hear coming and save me. Well, he started berating busy. me. Why? Because he took our final four bracket and entered like 300 pools. Clearly, somebody wasn't smart enough to realize it was us. Yes. And I mean, I, I literally just got rid of him. I mean, the guy just would not. I mean, he he took all his life savings out of the bank. Clearly, and, this is why you don't take our advice. Well, well, but but not only that, but we had disclaimers throughout that. Well, show. and let's face it, Bob. So was that? How many times have you lost the bull pickums? Uh, well, okay, but but I'm on a two-year winning streak. Yeah, uh, I'd yeah. like to remind you. So yeah. you know if. If you want to make fun of me, that's fine, but then you're really making fun of yourself. But I'm sorry I missed it. Were they, were they good guys? Yes. You we talked, talked about hockey, hockey oh. without you oh. and Monster Jam. Okay, so, so you, Mon- can, you can still go to the Monster Jam show this, this Friday, Saturday, Sunday. MonsterJam.com to get tickets. Okay, but here's the deal. I, I wasn't probably going to contribute a lot of you know, intelligent questions. Well, that may be. You can um, also pick up hockey tickets for the Waterloo Blackhawks. But, but, WaterlooBlackhawks.com. But I I am the Minnesotan here. I, yeah. Where were you? Again. I thought you were used to losing with being from Minnesota. Right, right. Yes. So, anyway, <laughs> long story short is one more time. If we ever do like a pool bracket, bowl, 
pick them. Yeah. Uh, fast food restaurants. Best, no, no, we're good with the fast food. Best Christmas movies. Yeah. Hotels. Whatever we do. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Please do not take your life savings out of the bank and bet it all on what we say. <laughs> but but seriously, I can't wait. I, I promise I will not step outside for the next show. Good, I, because I, I'm probably going to try to get Brian Geldmacher next time. Oh, that would be fun. I know. Boy, hopefully the Blues are out of the playoffs by then. But that's neither here nor there. Either way, I'm sure you can exchange some stuff with him. <laughs> okay. Uh, some jabs or yes. other, yes. you know, pokes. Yeah, yes. Or, yeah. So, but, you know, we should probably call it a wrap. Okay. You know? And uh, I still want half to pay because I know I wasn't here for half the show, but I was really dealing with a show issue. Whatever you got to tell yourself to sleep at night. <laughs> okay, Bob. yes. I suppose we better thank a few people. Obviously, our guests, uh, and I'll do that because I was here and you weren't. Yes. Tyler Menninga and uh, Tim Harwood. Harwood thank yes. you. Tim Harwood from the Waterloo Blackhawks. Uh, thank you and, so much and, for joining us. And both us. guys, I'm, I'm very sorry I wasn't here. We should thank our sponsors. Yeah, and, they, they, they're, they're great. They're, they, they help us. I mean, they're there for us each and every week. And of course, we got to thank you for tuning in and listening to this. Uh, three-week circus. Yeah. <laughs> Without you, we'd just be talking to ourselves. Have a good one. We'll be back in two weeks, Bob. Okay, can't wait. Sounds good.